Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the 5-1 Speedway Show. Hopefully you enjoyed your last last episode with uh, Kenneth Hansen. It was very interesting to hear how his uh, 2020 season has gone. Um, and also all the other episodes you can catch on uh, YouTube, on, face, on the Facebook pages and also listen to on Spotify. I'll also give that another plug right at the end in case you've forgotten after this interview. Tonight, I'm really pleased to have this guy on, on the show. You know, he's done a lot of other, other podcasts and YouTube videos I've noticed recently, but it's nice to have him on our one. You know, he's a, a former Coventry B, Peterborough Panther, Rye House Rocket, uh, and so many other clubs in between. Uh, he's won so many honours with the team and everything. He's uh, done so much for British Speedway, both on the youth front and now onto the more senior front. He is one half of the Team GB management, so that's even more special for this podcast and uh, YouTube video. Please welcome to the show, Ollie Allen. Thank you very much, mate. Good to be on. Good, good. Ah, intro done, relax. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can chill out now. Yeah. Uh, so, first question is, how's 2020 been for you? I know you've managed to get a bit of speedway in on the continent, but how's it been in general? I mean, it certainly wasn't as as we planned. You know, I had a had a pretty um, sort of busy calendar planned out. You know, it's um, part of the um, part part of the reason Simon and I took it over as a joint venture. Really, was was so that we can kind of cover as many bases as possible and, and, and sort of develop a rapport with as many riders as possible by spending time with them. So the idea was I would kind of keep an eye on the more Southern matches, steady do the Northern ones and then all the, all the international events in between. Um, but that didn't happen. Um, as we know, um, I'm not going to whinge about it too much because I am so fortunate to be in the position I'm in. Um, sort of COVID wise, everyone I know has been healthy the uh, touch wood the you know we're, we're tier one or have been so far um, fingers crossed for the next stage um, and my business has stayed open throughout so I, I've, I've, I'm fortunate so I can't whinge too much but I am absolutely gutted about the speedway season because it's you know at the end of the day I'm a, I'm a speedway fan at heart it's I, I can now I, I can now say that going to speedway to watch it is is part of my job which is a is a fucking great excuse <laughs> to, to go to speedway. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so uh, you know, it, it's a shame, mate. It's a shame. Obviously, the <clears throat> the big part, the the big sort of part with the, with GB for twenty twenty was the Speedway Nations. Yeah. Which, you know, if you look at it at the start of the year, well, actually, once the season got underway and you saw the form that Robert Lambert was in, you knew how Ty can ride, and and Ty was riding brilliantly anyway. With it being at Bellevue, you know, and under the current format, it was looking so good for us. And we probably had, you know, certainly at Bellevue, had the best under-21 rider in the world, um, possibly the best under-21 rider in the world at any track um, in Bewley. So it was looking really good. Um, and then that went to shit, didn't it? Obviously, yeah. Wolfie got injured in the extra league. And, um, oh, yeah, nightmare. And then, and then the event itself was, you know, if you watched it on TV, it was a bloody nightmare as well. Mm. It was... Um, just, just didn't go to plan. I mean, it was well organised as all events are by BSI. You know, they do they do a good job and FIM and what have you. But what with COVID, the weather, um, you know, last minute of the season, it just was. I don't know. It, it, it didn't. It, it didn't have the same sort of vibe. And obviously, we lost Woofy, so that mm. was that was pretty shit. Yeah. Well, you had uh, looking at it, everything was against everybody that night. 
you know, I mean, not just Team mm. GB, but the, all the other nations, the weather, the cold, no fans. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah e everything just against it. But I must give you due, though. The boys you did put out did do a bloody good job in the conditions and everything that was thrown against them, really. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I sort of, on reflection, I, I, I look back at the meeting afterwards and um, would I have done anything different? No. You know, I, I wouldn't, it was, um, I, I, I would have, you know, uh, we, we had options really when we picked that team because, because you had to use, you have to use your under 21 rider at least once. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, the, you, you needed an under, you wanted an under 21 rider you could use. Well, we, we could have, when Wolfie dropped out, we could have replaced Wolfie with a senior rider. Um, but of the of the sort of our best senior riders, you had Craig Cook unavailable, mm -hmm. um, Charles Wright unavailable, Adam Ellis injured. Yep. yep. So you then you then start looking at you then go in. I, I for want of a better phrase, you, you you go in further down the pecking order, and and you start looking at your riders like. Um, Bomber and the Worrells and people like that yeah. who, you know, I've got the utmost respect for those guys. I think the Worrells are a couple of really good sort of professional riders. Richie Lawson's another one. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you, and, and Bomber has done so much for British Speedway um, over the years. Um, you know, he's represented them really well. You know, you get 110%, but that was, that's not really what, what Simon and I have set out to do. We, we, we want to try and build um, sort of a future for British Speedway. So, the best option for us was to, we thought we thought the best thing to do was bring Drew Kemp in, mm -hmm. um, put him in the put him in the senior spot in the team, and then run Dan Bewley in every race. That was yeah. how we saw it, um, and that way, I mean, you, you were gonna there was no other rider in England, you know, better than Dan Bewley anyway. So every race was gonna be Robert and Dan. Mm -hmm. So you might as well give the third spot to someone who's gonna really gain something from it. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, yeah. you know, if you'd have took someone, if I'd have took Bomber and made him sit in the pits, or he sat in the pits in those meetings before, he's rode in them. Yeah, doesn't need to do that. Stevie Worrell doesn't want to do that. You know, so Dan's our Dan's our second best rider in Poland at the moment, or you know, of the two yeah. of the ones that were available. So you know, so that I couldn't and wouldn't have done anything different with the team. Um, so we prepared well. Um, you know, all our planning and everything was really good. Hotel was good. You know, the guys were fit. They were prepared. You know, they ate all the right stuff. They were, they, they couldn't have done any more. Um, so it's then up to them on the track, isn't it? And, mm. um, and Robert had a bad day. Um, he was absolutely gutted about it. Yeah. Um, and Dan was a bit hit in this, but he is, he was the youngest rider out there. So yeah, it's, it's what it is. It's, mm. um, I wouldn't change anything, but it's, obviously, if he, you know, it would be great if we could have had Ty there. Um, mm. I think experience really counts when you got when you got those kind of conditions, like wet and cold, and I don't know the, the sort of vibe of the meeting wasn't the same as normal. No fans, yeah. You know, it just w was weird, and that's when you need the experience. And I think um, you could see that with the team that won. They they had a sort of one of the older teams there, and and um, yeah, it's it is what it is. But we we um, yeah, we, we live with that and we move on. Yeah, and I mean, you can know, building it for next year. I mean, obviously, we've got the final, uh, the two finals in Bellevue at the end of next year. 
you know so hopefully fingers crossed providing all this covid clears up and everything and these vaccines will work we should be in the uh well within, within a chance of probably getting a one two well a top three position um by the end of next year really but yeah. I, I will touch on that the idea that you and simon have is an idea that myself personally i've been wanting to see for a long time is to put blood the youngsters through um mm. and i say you took drew out but also this year is the likes of anders rowe tom brennan um jordan palin uh people like that have all got experience so i ride at jason edwardson another one um riding on the continent riding in poland czech republic wherever they could get a ride they went you know this year and i mean that's mm. really good to see and then obviously with tom and jack thomas now getting polish contracts Fingers crossed that um, Lodge used, used the both boys um, at some point to get even more experience, really. And I'm sure with your knowledge of Poland and Simon's knowledge of Poland, you've probably guided those boys into the, that sort of direction. Yeah, yeah. well, when we, when we took over, um, we had a sort of clear vision of what we wanted to do. And one of the things that was, you know, imperative for us was that we get that the, the, the younger riders knew and understood how important it was to get experience abroad. We want them to race in England. Of course we do we want them to represent their English clubs, but for their own development, they need to start racing abroad early. Um, the under 21 riders this year, actually were the, were the, were the busiest bunch. Yeah. Uh, apart from those that rode in Poland and Sweden, obviously mm. they, um, you know, they did a lot more meetings to say someone like Bomber. Um, because they, they, there was European under 19, uh, European under 21, yep. uh, F, like world under 21, world under 19. So they, they had loads of different events to go to. And um, most of those boys took up every invitation they got. Um, so that's good. That, 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 they're doing the right thing. I know Tom spent some time in Poland practicing, um, mm. you know, off his own back. He went, yep. he organized it with Ty Wolfenden, went out there and practiced. Unfortunately, he hurt himself. But yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of that's the kind of attitude we want to see, really. Um, uh, Jordan Palin's another one, like great attitude. You know, never turns a meeting down. Re- really well supported by his parents, um, which is which is so important at that age. Um, so so yeah, there's been there's been some positives to take out of this year, and I think um, though those guys hopefully will have learned something and will continue to build on that. And, and it's and, and you know it's it's. You know, uh, Neil Vatch has done a great job as well. With the yeah. like, you know, he he sort of works under us as the under twenty one boss, and he is doing a doing a fantastic job with that. He's you know he's very organised and he helps the boys get to those meetings okay. And um, yeah, yeah, he, he's I can't say enough sort of good words about him either, really. No, I mean you guys have got I've got a nice package now. You know, with everything else around you, with all the fitness, the nutrition, everything that you read about is just so, so positive over the last sort of three, four years. Everything's moved forward. Um, whether that's because also Ty's had a big influence into that sort of thing as well. You know, like you said, he's helped Tom out this year, getting, getting some spins out in Poland. Um, it can only be onwards and upwards, really. I mean, we might have a maybe a couple of more years of just being not quite there, but in the next five, ten years, we're going to have people to take over from Ty, Bomber, Scotty, people like that, you know, and, you know, it's all, it's all positive news, I think, and I take my hat off to you that you guys are, are doing it, to be honest. Well, we, you know, we're trying to do the job to the best of our ability, really, and, and we've, um, we've got some great guys that work on the team with, you know, with fitness stuff and nutrition and sports psychology and that kind of stuff. 
but you we're bringing those people in is great but it won't you won't see um you won't see immediate change you'll but mm -hmm. you know hopefully in five years time you'll, you'll be looking at a little group of sort of professional riders that started off with simon and i at 16 17 years old and they've now, have now got polish and swedish contracts and you know knocking on the door of the gp that would be great mm -hmm. that's that's what we sort of want um and we you know simon simon and i have tried to change the way that everything's done um a lot of it people won't see um uh, but we're we're recording a lot more sort of data from all the riders than we ever used to um and we 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 use that as evidence for sort of selections for different things um we've we've sort of outlined what we expect um and you either you know you you sort of fall in line or or that kind of goes against you so mm. it's it's um yeah that, that's how it is going forward and um and the response from for most of the boys has been really good so and like i said we like i'm a massive speedway fan massive mm. british speedway fan and yeah. so for, so for me it's um really sort of fulfilling job so i you know i i look forward to the next few years and, and seeing where it goes but but um yeah, it's good, mate. And we've got a really good, good little structure there, which we're trying to improve all the time. Mm. You know, it's about continuous improvement. And, you know, we're constantly looking at ourselves and asking, you know, asking each other, sort of the management team, if we can do anything better. And, um, yeah, and that's, that, that's what it's about, isn't it? And then that's what we expect of the riders. You know, we want them to look at themselves and ask themselves the same question. Mm. yeah and i mean i say I, I can't say much more highly about it because i'm looking forward to next season really see what you guys do i mean obviously the season started in uh, australia with the test matches in aussie you know taking some of the youngsters out mm. there and, yeah, yeah. And, and trying all that sort of thing which is yeah, great to see great to see you know it's a long first time for well, yeah. I don't know how many seasons since we've had a, a touring team really out there um is the idea also yeah. to try and get maybe uh, up a little mini test match series then back over in the uk to sort of have australia and then australia yeah. england over here well, we've got we've got we've got loads of plans really, um, but it, it you know getting them to come off at the moment is hard because we don't really know what next season looks like. Mm, um, you know, I've 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 reached I've reached out to every sort of contact that I've got in in Germany and France, um, Czech Republic for, for open meetings for the young riders. Um, you know, I want those under twenty one guys to get as much experience as possible out there. Um, between Simon and I, we have more than enough contacts for the guys to go out and ride in Poland, do some testing out yeah. there. But again, we, we don't know what the travel guidelines are going to be. And at the moment we don't know, we, we don't know yet, but, mm -hmm. but we, we will work. We're working on stuff and test matches would be great. I know we, we certainly have test matches lined up for the senior team in England yeah. next year. Um, and again, that, that will probably be quite a young team because we, that's what we're, we're trying to do. Um, so, so yeah, it's, um, it, yeah, it, there's some exciting stuff sort of in the pipeline and, um, yeah, it's, I, I look forward to it, mate. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, hey, it looks good. And I just have everything crossed that everything goes our way. It's about time we had a bit of glory on, on these shores a little bit. I know Ty's been doing well in the world championship, but nice to have yeah, mate, the, old, yeah. the, the old team front as well. Be, be awesome to have, but, um, Okay, we've yeah, done. Yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah. We've done. We've done Team GB. Now let's concentrate on why we're really here. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. talk about. Let's talk about you, mate. Um, yeah. So huh. I, I've I've done me, me research, me notes. So I've got a page yeah. and page and page load of, of stuff. Yeah, on that here. doesn't surprise me, mate. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but also is, it, is, is, is those are those pages injuries? So they this is just all those injuries I had. This is page upon let me, page. Let me, let, me, let me scroll past them first. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know you're right. <laughs> no, okay, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, let's say your first your first um, uh, club was with Peterborough, the old mm. Thundercats in '97. Yeah, yeah. uh, much like yeah, our previous guest. Yeah, previous guest David Howe, and he he said he thoroughly enjoyed those those early days, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah, but, that was but, good. But before you managed to get onto the old Peterborough books, how did you sort of get into becoming a Speedway fan and then also then turning sideways? Um, so my my, my dad was a rider. Uh, he rode for Peterborough and uh, Bellevue and Boston and people like that and all teams like that. So. From as young as I can remember, I've loved the sport. You know, I've always wanted to do it. And I can remember, you know, skidding my BMX around the patio and all that kind of stuff, trying to, you know, slide it or whatever. And all the stuff we do when, you, when you know, when you're a Speedway fan. And I, it was, um, I, I played a variety of sports, um, but, but bikes was always the one. So I got, um, got into grass track quite early and did that. And my sort of age category for grass track, I grew up with, I had quite a competitive group. I had... Steady, Chris mm. Neath, uh, David Howe did a little bit, but he was more he was more doing sort of speedway. Yeah. Um, Matt Reed, Andrew Appleton, Chris Harris. Um, so I had a, you know had a decent group there. Like we were all the same age group. I think Matt Reed was a year older, but the rest of us were the same age. So, yeah. um, that was pretty. It was a tough year group actually. Mm. Um, I mean Neathy was on real on grass track. Neathy was the best of the lot really. Um, better, better on grass track than speedway then, was he? He was the kind of yeah, he was junior grass track. Yeah, I mean, he was, yeah, he, he was God knows how many times he's British champion. Um, <laughs> but my sort of early years were, were, early years were battling with him. And then kind of, then Steady came on the scene and he was, he, he kind of got good late. Um, and then when he, and when he kind of got the knack of it, he was really good as well. Mm -hmm. um, I was always kind of hovering around, I don't know, <laughs> top three, something like that. Never won the British Championship. Um, and that, 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 you know, Steady did, Neaty did, Matt Reed yeah. did. They're all guys that I lost to in that, you know, in that sort of end of year meeting. But um, yeah, you know, friendships that go back so long, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I mean, I've, I've been sort of best mates with Steady. I'm probably best mates with Neaty since I was about nine and then <laughs> Steady from about 11, I reckon. Mm. Um, so it's crazy now that I do this job with, um, with Steady. So yeah, it's, it's funny. I mean, they were good times. Like they were, they were, they were brilliant weekends. I mean, I, as a parent now of two boys, it's, I know what it's like to pack the bikes up and go away mm. racing for the day. And it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> drive, you know, getting your kids in the van at, at six o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning to mm. drive to Kent or wherever you're going. And, um, but we did that every weekend, like every weekend, my mum and dad drove me all over the country and, um, mm. I didn't really think anything of it. I thought it was normal, but you know, I know now it's not. Um, but you know, I was, I was a really, really lucky sort of privileged kid in that way. Mm. Um, and then, so, so then from grass track, I went, um, I think I had a go on my dad's Westlake when I was about 14. He had a, his, his last bike he ever rode. Mm. He still had it. So we fired it up one day and it, you know, he said, do you want to drive and go to Speedway? And I was like, all up for that. So off we <laughs> went to, I think it was, I think Milden Hall was my first skid oh, right. on a training day. They had like, mm. um, at, you know, like pain, pain ride. And I was, I remember the queue being, you know, you go onto the track at Milden Hall. Yeah. It was queued up into the car park. Oh, so really? You, yeah. 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 Like two abreast. 
and yeah. you literally come in and my dad would say get to the back like i'd ride to the back of the queue mm. and we'd, we'd pull up there and he'd you know refuel and then we'd just get in the queue and roll out again um i probably only had five rides that day the queues <laughs> you know it was that long um so that, that's how it was then that you know there's that many kids doing it and um well not kids there's adults there as well but yeah yeah so did that and then i went i went to peterborough did some second halves there and and peter oaks sort of grabbed hold of me from there on really and um that was it i i, I t-boned steady in the second <laughs> half on my old man's Westlake, and that was the last time i rode that bike because i wrote it off so, oh all right i'm, I'm sure it was that for the Westlake. I'm sure your old man really loved that. You know, it was a nice way to send it off. You know, you ride um, it off. Mate, I don't, we don't, I don't even know where that bike is now. I keep saying to him, you need to fix, I think, is it Trevor Hedges? Oh, yeah. Um, he, he, like, he, live, he lives local to us. And I think, I think he's still got it somewhere, but it's <laughs> twisted. And it would be a good one for my old man to restore, really. But, he, you know, he says he's going to do it, but he never does. Oh, well, you never know. It might be a job he gets around to, you know, when, uh, gets, when your boys go up to him and say, yeah. <laughs> say, Granddad, where's this bike that, you're, that yeah, my dad yeah, used yeah, to ride? <laughs> yeah, where's, yeah, where's this bike? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the front wheel's near the engine plate somewhere, I know, <laughs> you know, from where I'd T-bone steady. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, yeah, that's how it sort of came about. I remember doing the second half to Peterborough when um, there would be like, like Sullivan and Crumpy and those guys mm. in the team. I mean, they were really good times for Peterborough Speedway, like such strong teams and big crowds. And, you know, it was, that was the days of your home matches being on the same night every, you know, every yeah. Friday was Peterborough Speedway. Yeah. You know, everyone knew it was Friday and, and the crowds were big. And um, yeah, I, I, I've, got so, I've got really good memories of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I loved it because I remember going to Peterborough as a kid with my old man. So, to, you know, to be riding at Peterborough for me was, you know, still you know it was, was cool you'll you're probably cotton on by now that i'm quite a fan of speedway so you know for me to be doing what my dad did at that yeah. track and all that kind of stuff it mm. just you know it was i really enjoyed that yeah i think i think everyone's getting a small impression that you love speedway a little bit you know not just being <laughs> being the rider yeah, you know just bit, <laughs> yeah. yeah just a little bit no that's all good though it's good to hear that mate but i'd say you signed for peter in 97 uh was mm. part of one of the youngest teams to age-wise to win the conference league um yeah. and things like that what are your sort of early memories because i did a bit of research and i think i found out when your debut meeting was i think it was at, at mildenall and uh, i think yeah, i won my sc- first race mate i remember that yeah and you scored like eight and one, one I think yeah. or some of that you know and, uh, yeah, yeah i i hit the ground running really like i um i I think I probably, I don't know whether I close on an eight point average at the end of the first year. Like I was something like that, like, or yeah. maybe high sevens. I don't know. It was good, good average. And, um, it was, um, but actually I see, see, since I've been involved with, um, sort of training with speedway wise. So teaching the kids at Poltec and, and doing the, the, the Grand Prix academies and things like that. And you, I speak to the lads that are in the national league and they, you know, I'd speak to the sort of, the, you know, the, I've I've had a lot of top kids come through. So people like you, Drew Kemp's, and and that, and we talk, you know, talk about their average the first year they rode, and and I and I I remember doing that year in, of National League and not being that happy with it because because I had Simon and David Howe in the team, yeah, and they were they were a little bit older than me. They started the the, the they did the full season, but I I um you know I was watching David Howe get like a maximum every week almost mm-hmm. you know he had something like an 11 point average you know for 15 year old that's incredible it is it um is. he was so good yeah and and i so i was comparing myself to him and so was my dad so i you know it was like 
yeah, you know, well done, son. You got nine points at, you know, in your debut or whatever it was, but, but how he got a max or how he got 13 or whatever he got and got the track record. And that was kind of, um, that was how that was the sort of theme for the year, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little bit behind those two. So um, I look back on it now and I, I had a good year. You know, m- most of Britain's young kids right now would like a first year like that. Yeah. Um, but I w- wasn't happy with it. But, but there you go. It's, um, that's my nature, really. I'm, you know, competitive and I, you know, always wanted more and, it was, uh, but it, you know, good times, like really fun, like uh, off the track, you know, we had, you know, going to your first ever dinner and dance and, mm. you know, getting drunk and for the first <laughs> time ever and all that kind of stuff. And it just was, um, yeah, just a ma- massive learning curve really. And, and yeah, like, like I said, that Howie that year was, he was mustard. Yeah, I did kind of ask him, you know, was it between yourself, Simon and that lot trying and vying for number one? And he just turned around and said, no, it's just me all season. I was number one all year. I was like, okay. Yeah, you're, it was. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. Talked about his head getting bigger. You know, it was quite funny. Quite yeah, funny, no, that's, that's no, yeah, no exaggeration at all there. He was just maximum every week. Um, I think by the end of the year, Steady was banging in quite a few maximums and, um, you know, probably finished on a nine point average. But, mm. but yeah. But how he how he was was bloody good that year, really good. Yeah, he was he was in the early part of his career. He was good everywhere. He you know he did, yeah. he did well. I think he'd be the first to admit he didn't achieve as much as he should have. Mm. Um, but he yeah started off his career really well. Mm. Yeah, and I will I will say to everyone if you haven't seen the David Howe episode, I would certainly say go and go and watch it because there's a lot of what Ollie said is true. It is really <laughs> it is really good. But um, for '98. I've got you down as riding for Norfolk and Mildenhall in the in the conference league still. Did you stay on then for another mm, another year yeah, of doing yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I was because I, my birthday's halfway through the season. Mm. I had I couldn't start the year and I couldn't move up straight away, so I had to start the year somewhere. So I did. I think I started off at uh, Mildenhall, um, mm. and that was good. You know, it was you know, I had a good average, and then um, I, I think when I signed for Peterborough. Yeah. In the Premier League, so halfway through the year, they 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 put me in when I, as soon as I turned sixteen. I couldn't um, I couldn't make all the Mildenhall fixtures, so I kind of um, I mean I had nothing to do with it, but they they kind of weren't happy about it. And Peter Oakes just sort of he he was he looked after me and he he took the role as the bad guy rather than me and said, mm-hmm. right, well, fuck it, we're going right for someone else. So I did, mm-hmm. um, uh, and. Yeah, that's how it is, really. No hard feelings against Mildenhall, you know, no. great, great little club. I still go there quite often now. Um, but, um, yeah, obviously sort of sorted that. So, I, yeah, I did Mildenhall and, and I think they were called Norfolk Braves, I think, yeah. which was like Kings Lynn in the, in the National League um, mm. or Conference League as it was then. And I wrote to Peter in the Premier League for like the latter half of the year. Mm. Um, I, I think I started off on loan, actually, at Arena Essex. I did a month at Arena Essex. Yeah. And, sort of struggled and but 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 Peter Oakes was true to his word and he put me in at Peterborough and and I, I did okay you know get three you know three four points a match or whatever and again Howie was better David was as steady was a little bit better mm. um but we had we had a good year but we won everything so you know my, my first year first two years in Speedway we won everything like my <laughs> I think in the National League we won the sort of league and cup then yeah. I went to the Premier League and we won the league the cup the fours I think Cunningham won the Premier League Riders final yeah, and the pairs. Mm. You know, Pete, Pete, yeah, Pete was wiped before with everything. So, I, you know, my first two years were bloody brilliant, really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, it was good. It was, yeah, good times. Um, and I, 
yeah, I learned, I, I, I learned a lot. Um, I didn't, looking back on it, I could have, I think I could have sped up my sort of progression a lot more if I'd had more kind of outside help. Yeah. But that's where the idea for, for Poltec came from. And we can mm. talk about that later, but that's where that came from um, because I felt like no one was getting any guidance in mm. British Speedway. So that's, that's where the idea of that came from. Yeah, and I mean, those those early days, of course, were the sort of uh, early days of the Premier League and things like that after the big split from 90, 95 and 96. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, even th- those times, the Premier League was, was hard. You know, everyone thinks it's hard now. It was hard even back then, you know, because, like you said, you had Glenn Cunningham in your team. You had uh, Nigel Sadler, I think, was in the team for you guys, you know, people yeah. like that. And, of course, then you had the likes of the young, young Lee Richardson at Reading. You know, and you know there was a lot yeah. of good. Lot of Lee, good... Lee Lanham was really good then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you had Lee Lanham. You had you had like Carl Stonehewer, Sean Wilson, Peter Carr, mm-hmm. Freddie Shot, um, Michael Coles down at Exeter. Um, there, there was there was some tough right. Like Dave Mullet was a really oh, good yeah. like ex sort of rider. Um, there was that that was a. I think even Amando Castagna was. You know, he he did some years in the Premier League a little bit later, but mm. but yeah, that was that was a tough league then, and but it was good, good for my sort of, you know, development. Um, so so I stuck around the Premier League for another about four years, I think. Mm. I did. I then went to to Swindon. Um, uh, you know, again, I, I went to Peter Oaks for that advice. I know I know Peterborough went up to the Elite League, or yeah. I think it was called the Elite League then. Um, so I. I wasn't at the standard to go to the elite league then. So I think Peter Oakes took David Howe up with him and me mm. and Steady were off on loan. Steady went to, to Sheffield being his home home club. That was a no brainer for him. Um, and I had the choice of, I, mean, I had the choice of anywhere really. I had it, you know, most clubs wanted me to go there. Um, and on the advice of Peter Oakes, I went to Swindon. Mm. Um, he recommended I went there. They just dropped down from the elite league. Um, so I, I went there and, and I spent four or five years there. And, and again, they were good years. Um, mm. I went from a reserve to number one eventually. Um, and I had, I had some really good times there. That was a you know great club for my sort of, it was a great track for learning a sort of different style of riding to Peterborough. You know, you had to turn mm. a little bit more and, but it was still a fast track. So that kind of suited me. Um, and those kind of years, um, I think by the time I was mm, sort of 19, 20, I got 19, I got my first Swedish contract at mm-hmm. Vagana in the Elite League um, and, and spent three or four years there. Um, so that was, you know, that the Premier League was tough then because I mm-hmm. remember being a sort of a number three, a heat leader in at Swindon. And I was, in, I was in the Elite League in Sweden at the time at reserve. So, and I, you know, I held my own there. I was in the team all year. So that's the kind of, you know, level it was at. It was t- tough, tough mm. league. Um, so, so yeah, it was. Yeah, it was good. Really, yeah. really good, good years. Yeah, and I mean, you managed to win. Uh, was it the the Coe Cup with Swindon? You managed to win the Young Shield with Swindon. You know, um, Premier League yeah, fours, fours. You know, you know, you, your yeah. honours with Swindon were were good. You know, apart from the one, yeah. the, the league titles, the one that you just didn't quite get. You know, but yeah. but um, yeah, we, I mean, I know. I think we we finished second in the league one year to Exeter, and we lost on um, on race points. We oh, like yeah. we drew, 
we, we, yeah, we, we, had, we had the same league points. So then they went kind of on like countback and went to who got the most actual points. Mm. But, but back then, Exeter used to fucking spank everyone every week at home. <laughs> yeah. So all of their home matches were like, you know, like 70-30 or 70-20, whatever it was, 70-20. Yeah. Um, so they had way more race points than we did. So we, we lost. I mean, we'd, I think we won maybe, you know, a couple more away matches, but had lost at home. Mm. Whereas they had got every bonus point and spanked everyone at home. Yeah. So they actually won the league. So um, that was that was the closest we came. But we had, we had a you know I, had some, I rode with some good riders at Swindon. And when I first went there, Glenn Cunningham was there, Steve Masters, yeah. and Cunningham was brilliant. Like it was so good then. Um, mm. You know, so fast. Um, and I mean, Cunningham was someone who. To be honest, I, you know, you could look up to him in some ways, like his bikes were immaculate. His gear was always, always looked really cool, mm. but he was, he was a bad influence off the track. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he wasn't, it wasn't the best sort of role model. I wouldn't say, um, excellent rider, you know, mm. like really, really good rider, but he was, you know, he, he was also excellent in the bar after the meeting. Uh, um, okay. mm. so, so, you know, for a young rider, I, I probably, could have been surrounded by someone more professional. It took me a long time to sort of work out what kind of lifestyle I needed to live to, to ride at the standard I wanted to race at. Mm. Um, Cause I was too busy sort of having fun, um, yeah. which I did. I mean, I had a lot of fun. I loved it. Like I, I had some great times, um, but I, I, I don't, I don't regret it because I, I don't regret it because I, you, you know, when you when I look back, you, you make choices um on what you think is the best thing to do at the time. And that's mm. all you can do. Um, do so, and, and I, I've got some memories that, you know, are, are brilliant and I wouldn't have if I hadn't mm. behaved in that way. Mm. However, you know, would I have gone further if I'd have been a little bit more focused? Yeah, I'm sure would have, but I don't regret it now. You know, I look back on my career and I, I, you know, had a great time and, you know, a bit of success here and there, but you know, it's, um, you make those decisions based on the knowledge you've got um, mm. and there you go. Yeah. And I mean, you well, you say you've done a fair bit of traveling in your career, you know, I mean, even in um, 99, you did a bit of doubling up with, with Paul and you had a, quite a lot of, um, you know, I think about eight, mm. eight, nine meetings with Paul that year in 99. So even then you were still getting uh, the experience yeah. obviously, obviously helped you at Swindon, you know, and, uh, and, and just things like that. Yeah. And of course, again, Paul came close to win the title. So he could have almost, won a title with Paul almost yeah, in 99. Could have snuck that one. Yeah. Yeah. That'd yeah. be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had a, I always had a really good relationship with the guys at Paul with, with Matt Ford and Midlow Um mm. Matt Ford in particular got on really well with him. And, you know, I was close to, close to going there again. I think, I think it was 2000. He wanted me to go there sort of full time as their reserve because mm. I'd done okay guesting for him in 99. Um, um, I chose not to, I chose to continue my sort of development in the Premier League. Um, sometimes I wonder whether it would have sped things up if I'd gone elite league straight away mm. at a professional club like Paul. Um, it may may well have, um, but you know, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll never know. Um, but yeah, I, I I I was always one of those like, and and I say this to the young guys in the England team: don't ever turn down a guest booking. No, no, no. I I never turned down a guest booking, and I was one of those guys that you know I always made sure I washed my bikes the day after I rode because you never know when the phone's going to ring and someone's going to say, um, you know, you know, do you want a guest tonight, wherever? And, 
Well, once you turn those things down once, you don't get invited again. Um, Same with open meetings. I never turned them down. I did every meeting I could do. Um, Mm. And I'm sort of proud of that, really. Um, I mean, that's not the only reason I washed my bike today after I'm pretty OCD. So, I, there's, there's, you know, I, I couldn't sleep if I knew that I had dirty bikes in the back of the van. You know, it's just, yeah. just great on me. Um, I, I can't go to bed unless the dishwasher is loaded. You know, I'm, I can't leave anything out. Um, sometimes I'll go up to bed and then I th- I'll lay down. I think, fuck, I left a mug somewhere. And I go downstairs and have to put it away. I just, it's just how I am. I just, I'm weird like that. So, but it's, um, but it's not but, a bad habit but yeah. to have so you know have been able to wash your bike down the next day like you said worst comes to worst you're going to do you're going to roll up to another meeting the next day and just put some chains on put some covers on which is still bit yeah, down from washing yeah. the night before you know um at the end of the day you're yeah, always yeah, you're, exactly. you're going to be earning money aren't you that's that's the thing so yeah yeah that's the thing yeah and and, and experience as well isn't it so mm. um yeah I, I always turn down guest bookings you know i'd never i never sort of uh, I think maybe one later on in the in later on in my career, I priced myself out of one. Um, oh. <laughs> but I was I was at a I was at a different point in my career there yeah. where I would only you know I rode to earn money rather than to sort of gain anything from it. So, mm. but yeah, yeah, I, you know I'm proud of the fact I I took on everything I could and you know I always I was always one that I had dreams when I was a kid of being. Um, what I called in my head a professional speedway rider. Now, now from everyone has a different opinion of that or a mm. bit different view of that. And for me, in my head, that was a rider that had mechanics mm. and rode in different countries and kind of flew about between the different places. And, you know, that was your full-time job. To me, that was the dream that, you know, would I have liked to have been in the Grand Prix? Of course I would have, yeah. you know, would I like to be been British champion? Of course I would have. Mm. But but there's a there's a uh, I look back on it now and I, I know I now know there's a very big difference between you know you'd like to do something to to wanting to do mm. it you know like my, my, I wanted to be a professional speedway rider and, and I and I got there you know I did it I lived that I lived that life for how I don't know how many years but you know I, I lived what I call a professional rider's lifestyle for for say ten years twelve years whatever mm. um, and and you know that's what I wanted so I, I think you you kind of um, there's a lesson to be learned from that really. Yeah. And I mean, you managed to ride all over the world almost, you know, riding in most countries, having a regular spot in Poland and Sweden, you know, mm. and riding against, riding with and against some top riders, you know, it, you know, yeah. uh, so, so for, for uh, not all the stuff you didn't make on the individual front is what you made up on the team front really. Cause your, your team honors list is as long, long as anything. Yeah, really. I, yeah, I had a, yeah. I had a good one. Yeah. It was, it was good. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I, individually I, did, I, I didn't probably win that much until later on in my career i ended up towards the end of my career i won a, won a few big open meetings in germany and um one you know premier league riders final mm. and, and a few open a few other open meetings in england but but yeah early doors it was all sort of team success and and things like that and um like i said it was i was chasing that that lifestyle i wanted to be of the standard where i could you know, have a mechanic in Sweden and have a mechanic in Poland and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, and that's where I was at. And um, if I'm honest, I probably got a little bit too caught up in the lifestyle and enjoyed that a bit, bit much, but mm-hmm. um, I was still determined to do well. And I was pissed off when I didn't. And, um, you know, lost a lot of sleep over those, those meetings. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I had a great time. I, I'm really, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm proud of the career I had, especially in Poland. Mm. Then, you know, there there aren't, there aren't many riders over the last twenty years who've had a sort of ten year career in Poland. Yeah, 
and I did, um, mm. you know, and and I actually think it was overlooked, to be honest. Like, I think when you, I think nowadays, is the Polish league is, you can see it on TV or you can stream it or you can watch yeah. it on YouTube the day after. And thanks, mm. to, thanks to the internet, every, this world's smaller, isn't it? So everyone knows mm. what everyone's exactly. doing. And also, I think because less British riders ride out there, mm. there's this kind of, it makes it a bit more special if you do. Well, when I first started riding in Poland, there was uh, Scott Nichols, Lee Richardson, um, Mark Varam, uh, who else was out there? British wise, um, Screeny, people yes, like that. Yeah, yeah, Screeny was there. Mm. Maybe Paul Hurry had a contract. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, you know, like there, there was quite a lot of people out there, mm. um, and and now there isn't. So, mm. but but you know, I was one of those. I think Steady had a contract out there. I don't I don't think he did as many years out there as I did, or certainly not as many matches. But you know, there was. You sort of went under the radar. It was just like. You rode out there. There was a little column in the Spigo Star every week with the Polish scores, but it's yeah. all it said was, you know, that, you know, you know, it's big gosh, you know, 54 and so and so 56 and then just your name and the score. Um, it, it's different now, isn't it? Mm. So everyone kind of knows what everyone's up to. But, but back then I was, you know, I, when I was in the Swedish Elite League at 19. Yeah. And I, I rode in Sweden for, I don't know, 47 years, something like that. Mm. Um, so, and, and rode with some great riders and, you know, I rode with Ricardson and Adams and Crump and, in the same, you know, in the same teams as those mm. those guys. So it was, uh, yeah, it's bloody good. Uh, but again, at the time, you don't appreciate it. You don't realise you're doing well because you mm. want more. Yeah. And I'd go go and get five or six points. I, I'd get five or six points in the Swedish Elite League and be a bit pissed off. Um, there's a lot of young English riders now that would love to get two or three in that league. Mm. So, um, that is what it is. It's um, I, I I'm I'm proud of the sort of career I had in Europe in particular. Yeah, because um, again, I refer back to David Howe. He said that you were one of the most successful English riders, really, to go over to Poland. You know, okay, you you weren't always in the extra league. You're more in the point of Division One, Division Two sort of area, yeah. maybe. But you still had a consistent, mm. they said, ten years. You know, the only other person I know to have that sort of mm. career is probably Lee Adams. You know, consistently, really. Yeah. Um, you know, so again, you know, I mean, I've only unfortunately, yeah, I've only, and that's that's. That's really kind of David to say that, and 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 it doesn't surprise me actually that he he knows that because Dave Dave's like me, he's a, he's a big Speedway fan. Yeah. At the end of the day, and um and I you know so I, that's that's really kind of him to say that. Um, but that that's how I view it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I did I did have that career for a long time, and um, you know, I I, I think I, what did I, I I think the big track suited me. That's one yeah. thing. You know, I definitely was better on a big track. You know, no doubt. Um, mm-hmm. so that the, the kind of track suited me. I also soon realized that's where the money was at and made sure that I had my best kit there. Um, I made sure that um, I, I, I took it seriously. You know, I, 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 I worried you shouldn't favor a league, but mm. I did. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, my performance is there meant everything to me. And, but I also played the game well. And I think that's important. And, and what I mean by that is uh, I, I know riders, I won't mention any names, but, riders that are friends of mine that probably were well, no there were definitely there's plenty of english riders that are way better than me in england mm. and they might go and sign for a polish club and they might sign for a better club for a bigger signing on feed than i was signing for yeah but i would i would pick i would pick a middle of the road team that with a small squad and who were known for paying regularly mm. and you might get paid less but over the course of the season if you're in the team every week 
and you're getting paid, you're going to earn more, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's how I viewed it. And I, and, I, and I picked my teams like that. I had, I had a couple of chances. I, I think I had two chances to go actually. Did, I wasn't interested. I, I, mm. I knew I wasn't, I wasn't there. I wasn't at that level. So I, I, you know, I'd stayed first division and, um, and I never went to the big first division clubs either. I had the chance to go to Big Gosh and that was a lot more money and um, wasn't interested. I, 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 I wanted to stay loyal to the club I was at and, um, and also I wanted to be in a team where I rode every week. Mm. Um, I, I could, you know, injuries aside, I could pretty much book my flights for the year. You yeah. know, at the start of the year, which was good. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that, mate. It's, it's, mm. um, it's good. And, and, and that's what I want to see more of from, from the British youngsters, you know, of today. Yeah. Well, maybe with uh, this new lot going over to Poland and starting in the lower leagues rather than going straight into sort of these big luxurious sort of contracts in the, mm. in the extra league, starting at the bottom. I mean, yeah. Anders, Anders Rowe this year was one who surprised me that he uh, has got a contract with Lesnar, I think it is, but he went down to the second division or, or third mm. division and rode down mm. there for the whole season yeah. on, on sort of like a loan. And, you know, he, well, he sort of like his second or third meeting, he was winning races and up there with, uh, I think it was like Bartosz Smektala was the team and people like that was in, yeah. in the lower and, and yeah, you know that was a good move by him it was a good yeah it was a sensible move there was no racing going on in England so off he went and um, yeah. you know a bold move bold move from him and his family you mm. know you know his dad took a massive gamble on his job I think to go over there which is huge um, but um, that, you know that's that, that, that was that was a, that was a good move and, mm. and I think you know it's good that it's good that Tom and Jack Thomas have signed for Woods. I, yeah. you know, if they'll be under no illusions that they're, they're, they're not in the team, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're in the squad and, you know, the reality of it is for a club like, like Woods, they can, they can sign as many riders as they want um, to get in their squad um, give them all of practice. And if any of them are any good, they, they'll, they'll give them a go. Yeah. So Tom and, Jack have taken that plunge, but it's going to be on them now to go and prove they've got to prove to that club that they mm. are worthy of a meeting. And, and, and the hard thing as well about Poland is, you know, you're in a squad. It's so you, it's high pressure. So, you know, that first meeting, the first chance you get is, um, is like make or break really. Cause mm. if you, I, I mean, I, I look back on my, my first year in Poland was at Gnezno and um, I did, I did the first match of the year. And, and had a shocker. Um, my motor wasn't quick enough. I yeah. didn't ride very well, you know, just to, just a, you know, a catalog of errors really. Um, and so then they didn't use me for the mm. next half of the season. Luckily I was going okay in England. So they, they gave me a call and said, do you want to come again? So this time I went a few days in advance, had a, had a new motor um, spent, a, spent a couple of days riding it. And, and then I hit the ground running and mm. but I knew that meeting was high pressure. Um, and and you've you got to learn to deal with that. And it's not very nice. Don't get me wrong. It's not very nice because, you know, I, I've, I've had team managers say to me before, this is no word of a lie. Team managers say to me, if you get anything under than this, uh, anything lower than the second in this race and you're out. Jeez. You know, and you're just like, you know, that's when you put your helmet on, you think, fucking hell, like, that's not, that's not the way, to, for me, that's not how you motivate anyone. No, it's not. You know, no. it's not, you know, but, but, uh, you know, you, you, I'm thinking, Jesus, what, what, am I, what have I come into here? Um, mm. But, but that's that's how they are. They're harsh and they want value for money, and you, know, yeah, you have to put up with it and, and get on with it. But yeah, I, I, I managed to. In the end, I was quite good at blocking that sort of stuff out. So, so yeah, it was um, good career out there. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, unfortunately, I haven't got a lot of 
stats of where you rode, but I know you I know you rode for several clubs in Poland. Mm. But um, going back towards your more your English career um, yeah. and everything after several seasons at Swindon, finishing up with your sort of your last one at, in 05 where you uh, did a thing, did a few meetings, and then you went on to mm. um, you managed to sign for Eastbourne. Yeah, yeah that was a good move for me, actually, yeah. Yeah, again, my local club, so I was happy mm. with that one, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah so. I, I, I did all right at Eastbourne, to be fair. It was a, mm. it was a good club. I mean, I was... Um, Bob Dugard sponsored me for a couple of years anyway, um, mm. so I kind of had a little bit of a connection there. Um, and, yeah, I, I'd... I think... Um, whatever year was it 2004 did you say uh, yeah. 2005 is when you went to Eastbourne yeah, yeah. So, so 2004 I had a shocking year at Swindon I, I, I think I'd had a really good year in 2003 mm. uh, finished number one um, and then 2004 I, I just start, I started the year really well it was when they went to Elite League started yeah. really really well at number four and then I had a massive crash with Raffle to Brookie uh, um, okay. massive one and then um, I, you know, being completely honest, it frightened me. I had mm. a concussion. I, I got knocked out, and and head injuries were always. They were the ones that that, that shook me up a lot, and mm. and I just was for the rest of that year, hands up. I was riding sort of frightened, like I was, you know, I'd lost my kind of bottle a little mm. bit, um, and there's only, you can only ride yourself out of it. You can't magically, you know, people say, oh, you know, get your confidence back. It's not like that. No. Um. So I, I lost it completely. Lost it. Mm. I, it took me a year to get myself back going again. Um, I think it also coincided with a, with a couple of years of me. I'm not, I mean, off the rails isn't the right word to use. I don't think it was that far, um, but I was certainly uh, distracted. Um, mm. You know, it's, uh, I was distracted with with other things, and yeah, I had, yeah. I had a couple of shit, shit years really, and had to dig myself out of it. Mm. So um, I think my move to Coventry, whatever year that was, did that for me. Yeah, because uh, you're also part of, I think it was uh, the doubling up with uh, Kings Lynn in 05 as well, mm. wasn't it? Something like that. So, yeah. you, so you were doing that sort of thing. So you still had mm. a, a regular regular ride. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you, you probably took a step backwards to take, take two forward sort of thing, really. Yeah, I did. I, I needed I need to win some races. I needed to go and do... I didn't want to go back down to the Premier League at that point. I knew I would at some point yeah. when I was older, but I, you know, I wasn't ready to do so. But I, I needed, after the 2004 I had, I needed to go and do... To go and win some races so yeah. I, I went to Kings Lynn and 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 Eastbourne and mm. um had, had a really good time had a, mm. you know loved it down at Eastbourne I was going really well with Dino and Floppy and um and those guys got I had a great relationship with Bob which as you know yeah. always helps um if you've got him on your side so you know bless him yeah I know um, I mean uh Bob, Bob was obviously the life and soul of Eastbourne and of course he, yeah uh, when he finds things about yourself he tends to have a laugh and a joke with you as I, as yeah. I well know about one of them yeah. which is quite funny in my personal <laughs> heart but um yeah uh and also yeah because then obviously then the one thing I do remember from your 2004 season was the unfortunate was that long night at Eastbourne ironically when Swindon was there uh Sky meeting Oh well, I went uh, for the fence with Steen Jensen. Yeah, he decided to do like a Superman down down the back straight oh, on, mate, on the fence. Uh, I yeah, mean... yeah, oh, that was so big. Yeah, I, that was a big crash. Um, tangled up with him. I mean, he was a he was a fucking loose cannon. He was <laughs> like, really, I mean, like, um, I I did some silly things in my time. Don't get me wrong, mm. but um, you know, that was a bloody nasty crash. And I remember going to Sweden the next day, and I drove up to the airport with Adam Shields. We rode in the same team. And yeah. He said to me, "You know, surely you're not going to ride." And I was like, "I, you know, I needed to, or I wanted to so bad." Mm. Got out to Sweden, I could barely move. You know, I, I got. Oh, I remember getting, I remember getting to, getting into the hotel room, and 
just laying in the bath like an hour before the meeting to try and kind of loosen up. Mm. I did one ride, I think, and pulled out. And, you know, really, I that was a that was a stupid decision by me to fly out there and ride. I let the team down, you know, it was, you know, stupid, but, but there you go. Um, is what it is. But yeah, that was a big crash. And not, yeah. you know, it could, could have been worse because the, oh, we weren't far away from the tractor and the grader and all that. No. So, it, you know, it could have been, I could have gone in there. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Cause that's, that's the night that Dave Norris did his leg and everything. And he crashed mm. up nearby the tractor. He was, yeah. whereas I think it was you and Steen crashed kind of the second turn. Yeah. So you're, you're more heading towards the stock car wall rather than, Anything yeah. else in between, but yeah, that, that's well, wherever you go, mm, where wherever you crash at Eastbourne, there's either an armco or something. Like <laughs> if it goes really wrong, you could get yourself in a lot of trouble. So, yeah, awful crash. And I, yeah. I can they still play it now, don't they? You still they see do. a lot of clips yeah. of that. Uh, yeah, it was it was a spectacular one, but yeah. Well, we're proudest moment. No, no, not anyone's proudest moment at all. But uh, moving on to a bit more happier no. time, shall we say? You you moved to Coventry. Um, you had sort of like a two yeah. stint sort of thing there. Your first one was in 2006. Uh, was that sort yeah. of a move that you wanted to do? Because weren't you being reunited with uh, Peter Oakes and everyone mm. up there, weren't you pretty much? Yeah, yeah. It was, Oakes, he rang me um, that winter and said to me, look, I want you to come to Coventry, but you've got two options. Because he knew the kind of lifestyle I was living at that time. Mm. Um, you know you, you, you know what Speedo's like. You, you know what everyone's up to. You know who's... Yeah. I don't know who's shagging or who's drinking or who's where, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, 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 know the stories, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, who's doing what. And, um, at the, uh, Oaksy rang me and said, look, you've got two choices here. If you want to knuckle down, you can come with me to Coventry and, mm. and let's see how, you know, let's try and progress or you can carry on doing what you do and you can ride in the Premier League and probably earn a bit of money and have a good time. So, mm. you know, you, you, he said, think about it, let me know. And, it, you know it's up to you and Oaksy was one of those people that I you know I felt ashamed it even asked me that question to be honest mm. you know I felt embarrassed that, that that's what he'd asked me and I actually sort of looked at myself and thought do you know what I, I can't I don't want to be known for that you know like I don't um you know I, I want to I want to see how far I can go and I'm, I'm unfortunately it's a bit late really yeah. you know I uh I, I should have done that three or four years five years earlier but i didn't um mm. and uh yeah went went to went to coventry and, and had a good time um knuckled down worked hard that winter and and had a good good few years with them really um yeah th- those those coventry years were really positive mm. um made my world cup debut in yep. those years um and yeah yeah it was it, it, it was good. good good time great club great mm. sort of really professional club, you know, well, you know, you could take, you could take sponsors there and they'd give you a lounge to put them in or a box to put them in. And yeah, just, just really good. Have you seen those videos of the, um, where they go around the stadium now, you know, like people break in and film it and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I've seen, seen, I've seen all, that's all them and also all the drone yeah. stuff. I've seen all that. Yeah. yeah. But it's awful, it's, isn't it? It's, it's an awful thing to see. I mean, again, I've written Coventry on second halves there. Yeah. Um, and I loved riding Coventry. Absolutely loved yeah. it. Uh, done, yeah, done some good racing that. around there. But um, also, I was there when Martin Dugard won the British Grand Prix. You know, yeah, and so the, was I, yeah. And the, and the, and I was the was, oh, well, I wasn't in the bar. Yeah. I was old nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's um, a case of, you know, I've seen it from all angles at Coventry and it's just one of the stadiums that you thought would never, never end up yeah. the way it's ended up. You know, but I hope that Jeff and all his crew and everything do sort something out because it's a club that needs to come back to British League you know oh mate it's absolutely yeah yeah it's so it's so um 
it's sort of an iconic club in it, British Speedway. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's such a shame. I mean, they're, they're make, I, was, I was actually watching one this evening for, for sort of 10 minutes while I was um, sort of wait, waiting for the call, really, um, mm. for this call. And I was, I was watching it, and they, the guy looked like walked through the pits and showed you the home and away pits. And I thought, I've got so many memories of that place. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, shame, shame what's gone on there. But I, I had a good time mm. when I was there. Mr. Sandu was in charge, and he was a brilliant promoter. You know, up there with the best promoters I ever rode for. Um, he's the yeah. only promoter that's ever given me a bonus, anyway. And <laughs> um, you don't normally normally you have to check your wages to make sure it's all there. <laughs> he, you know, he he gave us a he gave us a bonus, um, which was bloody. You know, when we won the league, there he mm. said to us at the start of the year, he said, if you know, if you win, if you guys win the league, he said, I'll look after you. Mm. Um, we weren't really sure what he meant by that, and. Um, at the end of the year, sure enough, he said to us, right, he called us into his office after we won the league and said, look, I want you guys to run your own meeting. He said, you've got a week to plan it next Friday. The stadium's yours for oh, free. Yeah, yeah. And he, what, and he, wasn't he, that he against said, the Elite League of Select or something like that, wasn't it, yeah, the next yeah. week? Yeah. yeah, and he said, like, each one of you seven riders find another rider to ride in the other team mm. and we'll do a match against them and whatever money we take through the gate, after you've paid the other team is yours. So it was like a testimonial really. Mm. Um, and we, we walked out of there with about four grand each. Oh, very yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah but it was I, bloody good. Yeah. I mean, I get the idea with um, Mr. Sandu. I mean, I never met the guy, but from what I've seen and read and heard when he had done interviews, is that he was very straight, honest, down the line businessman, you know, who wanted yeah. success, you know, and he got it. But then on the other side, he could see when the team was struggling. You know, he wouldn't be uh, so hard on the team. He'll make the changes and mm. then the team will some start winning, you know, and th- things like that, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, wanted, he wanted to win and yeah, he, he wanted to win, but he also wanted the, the sport to grow. And I think that's why he fell out of British Speedway. I think he didn't mm. see eye to eye at British Speedway and, um, you know, the promoters at the time. So, yeah, fell out with them, which is a shame. Yeah, because obviously he was he was the major force, let's say, behind Coventry. He wanted the club to go forward, even though mm. with, the, with the history of the club anyway, you know, year on year, um, especially when the likes of, I think it was must have been um, 05, 06, when sort of like Scotty really came in, Harris was going good, yeah, yourself was Scott going good. Yeah, Scott and Bomber, Yeah, Martin Spilinski, yeah. everyone like that, you know. And, yes, yeah. You know. Yeah, every, we, had, we had a really good teammate. We had, we had some good, good guys come in. We had... I think Steady did a year there, and mm. um, yeah, Bob, Bomber was fantastic around there at that time. He was so fast. Um, Scotty was at probably the peak of his career, so he, yeah. he was really good. You always, you always kind of had that rivalry between Bomber and Scotty, which was, um, or, or it was, it never sort of boiled over. But mm. they, you wouldn't say they were best of mates, but it, it probably dragged the other one on. Like yeah. they, they would drag each other on because they wanted to beat each other. So, so that was probably good for the team. Junero was a brilliant team rider. You know, you know, if you said Janeiro had a five-point average, he was probably worth seven or eight to the team yeah. because uh, team spirit and and that kind of thing was really good. Um, yeah, they were bloody good years, really. Mm. You know, I still love guy. Again, that was that was another club where it was every Friday night. You knew you, you know, every Friday all year long you rode. Yeah. Um, old school promoter in, in Colin Pratt, yeah, who very. made sure that you who had like you know you had a friendly. If you didn't have a match, you had a challenge match. Um, he kept you riding every week. It was great. You know, mm. was, I, I had a really good routine then. It would be Coventry on a Friday. I'd fly out to Poland on a Saturday morning and then sometimes back to England on a Monday and if not, straight to Sweden on Tuesday or Thursday. Um, so, 
Yeah, they were. And then you obviously had a, you had a British another you had an away match somewhere that week as well. So mm. it was busy, busy times. But it was um, it was good. That was what for me. That was what Speedo was all about. It was like living that lifestyle and earning a bit of money and 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 enjoying yourself. And then flying out in and out of airports in the back of the van, yeah. dropping to meetings, you yeah, know. that kind of stuff. And uh, that, I mean, that was the lifestyle I wanted, you know, when I was mm. a kid. That's what I wanted. But, you know, the, the, the reality of it is a bit different, you know. Yeah. Like the knackered and, you know, <laughs> a lot of times you sort of, like, you, you, a lot of times you had to make that judgment call of, right, well, I've got a, I've got a six o'clock flight. So, well, seven o'clock flight. So I need to check in at probably half five. Well, um, I'll probably get to the airport. I'll, you know, I'm riding the night before. I probably won't get to the airport till one. Is it worth me spending a hundred quid on a hotel room for four hours or not? Or shall I just go straight to the airport and sleep on one of the couches? Mm. And it was always like, you know, you, you're making those calls like multiple times throughout the year. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes it's dependent on cost. Sometimes it's just on what you fancy or whatever, but mm. you know, I've done a few nights in the airport and, um, they, I never got any, any sleep. I was too scared about someone nicking my engine or whatever I had with me. Or um, I can remember sort of laying on the floor at Stanson, you know, on on top of an engine box yeah. to make sure no one stole it. I mean, as if anyone's going to nick a bloody engine box. Mm. Um, you can imagine someone trying to run away with a thirty kilo bag, can't you? Um, yeah, then open it up and say, "What's this inside? You know, yeah, what, what do I do yeah, with it?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trade, trade it in for scrap metal, probably. But it's um, it. Um, yeah, they, they were, they were good times, mate. They, and, and the airport was always full of riders, you know, the, back in the day that the, um, so, so, so prior to Ryanair and EasyJet yeah. and the low cost airline kind of era, it was always, you'd, you'd fly with, to Sweden, you'd go with Scandinavian Airlines, which is SAS and yeah. you'd go with, with, with SAS or you'd go with British Airways. They were kind of, or KLM, they were your two, three options. And, Everyone. So on, on a Monday in England, there was always a lot of fixtures. So on a Tuesday morning, people would fly from either Birmingham, Manchester or London. And mm. you'd fly into Copenhagen in Denmark. Everyone would meet there. And then from there, you'd get another flight to whichever Swedish club you were riding for. So every, and it was the same on the way home. So because mm. what you got to remember back then is like people like Ricardson and they were, they were based in England. Like they're yeah. mainly based in England because they did more meetings there than anywhere else. So you, on a, on a Monday morning and a, and a Wednesday morning, Copenhagen airport was full of speedway riders. <laughs> like they'd, they'd be like, there'd be, I mean, that we, we all used to have the, the, the gold card because we flew so much. Oh yeah. So yeah. You yeah. have the airline sort of gold card. So mm. you'd go in the, in the lounge. Um, and you, you go in there for breakfast and some on a Wednesday morning flying back, there'd be, yeah, there'd be 20 riders, 20, 25 riders. And, and you'd be surrounded by suits because there'd be guys there like, you know, in, in, you know, genuine business class cap passengers, mm. you know, with the briefcase and whatever. And, and then, then us guys would turn up like some of the folks would be, be pissed and some, some would <laughs> hung over and, you know, you you obviously had the professional ones as well, but there was mm. a real mix and, you can imagine the language being used and, 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 and the, you know, used to get some funny looks from people and we'd get, we'd get members of staff come over and tell us, you know, just, just quiet down. <laughs> Keep it down. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, Cause it just didn't fit. You know, you'd look mm. into this lounge, which in Copenhagen was a really, really smart lounge and there'd be like, you know, all these businessmen and then sort of crowned around the breakfast bar, there'd be like 20 speedo riders in, in like skate shoes and, yeah. and hoodies, you know, 
Um, so it's funny, um, and and that was kind of where you, the gossip, you know, you'd find out mm-hmm. who did what the night before, and yeah. how did you get on riding, and you know, did you go out after the meeting, and you know, did different times now, mate, compared, you know, um, compared to then. But it was good. It was like really, really quite social, and it was, uh, yeah, good, good times. Yeah, and I mean, again, from the other interviews I've done, you know, on here, the guys say that that sort of thing is the sort of thing that's like a dying sort of breed in the sport, really. You know, is mm. everyone mingling? Because I mean, I get, I get the idea. Everyone has to be professional now because it's, it's completely different to like how you first went out to Sweden and Poland, you know, um, and that sort of thing. But you know, you, you yeah. still got to, you still got to have your, your characters in the sport. You know, you still got to have your laughs. You got to still have your, have your jokes and yeah. everything. You know, because what makes those. it. Yeah, we, we, I think you do miss the characters now. And I, I certainly think you miss the interaction with the riders in England. I don't think, you know, we, we've seen a, de- a decline, no doubt, in, in support for the sport in England. Mm. And there's, you know, where do you start on that? I mean, there's oh. a few different, there's a few things. I think, I think the regular race night, you know, always used to help. I think the fact that riders stuck around and went for beer after mm. helped. You know, I genuinely mm. think that, that that was a selling point for British Speedway yeah. that, that you, the fans would get to mingle with the riders. I mean, I mean, did you ever go in the bar after me in the Coventry? The one under the stadium, the, uh, the one along the back. I, ne- so I never, I never went in there. I suppose I, I never went in there, but um, I know yeah. from the fact when you know, I, you, you know, the one I mean, the downstairs. Yeah, one. yeah, I do. The, 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 the sort of downstairs bar under, yeah. Well, yeah. that would be packed. Like mm. they used to have, like they'd have a DJ on on a Friday night. Mm. Um, you know, or just you kind of wedding singer DJ. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they but they'd have an actual like party on a Friday yeah. night after the meeting. It was bloody brilliant. Mm. Like, you know, like, yeah, it was great. Like, and, 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 and we were told by Colin Pratt, you had to go in the bar. You had mm. to go in there for half an hour unless mm. you had a really good excuse. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But, and you couldn't, you, you know, we, a lot of us rode the next day or flew out somewhere mm. the next day. And that wasn't a good enough excuse. No. You know, it was, you know, you can still, what's half an hour? Just go and show I'm, your face. I mean, you know, I say Colin Pratt's an old school promoter, which I have huge respect for anyway. I mean, myself, I like looking back at the history of Speedway anyway. And, you you know, and all mm. these old school sort of things that don't happen nowadays, like you say, going to the bar, going whatever. But I have noticed that, yeah. especially down at Eastbourne this year, when I went up to the, the championship, after having several years at National League, because Eastbourne had regular racing rather than in the Elite League when you only had one fixture and then like two weeks or a week off, and then you had the Sky meeting, then you had two meetings in one week. Mm. The crowds didn't come to those sort of meetings. Whether you had the top riders in the world or not, I still think the crowds wouldn't, mm. wouldn't come. But because the guys are riding every Saturday, or they, in some cases they had run a couple of Fridays, you know, they, you know, the crowds were there every week and every week at Eastbourne. I mean, yeah. I know, I know Ian Jordan and, and the rest of the crew, Martin and John Cook, did a lot of work down there to get the crowds in, and it and it paid off. But the crowds, and of course. Eastbourne last year had a really solid English team. You know, they're the, mm. I think they're the only team in the league, in all the league, well, apart from the National League, or in the top leagues that had English riders from one to seven all year round. Um, you know, and things like that. And that helps with the with the fans, you know. Um, yeah. And the interaction, again, you know, it doesn't take, take five minutes to start. I mean, okay, yeah, everyone signs an autograph, but the chat to someone after a meeting, you know, you don't see that from the top boys nowadays. No, no, you don't. Um, it's, I, I do, you know, we're all creatures of routine, aren't we, at the mm. end of the day? You know, we all, we all like a routine, so it, it does help if you can do that. Um, I remember when, like, Peter were always Friday night, like I said earlier, and, and I remember when, through no fault of their own, that 
started to change. It was mainly due to the, the, the owners of the showground. Yeah. They, you know, they were trying to, I guess they're trying to make their business more profitable. It became a more sort of multi-purpose venue and multi, you know, multi-use venue. So they would kind of hire it out for different things. And, and you lost that every Friday regular thing. And, mm. you know, some people want to know that every Friday they do this and mm. it's a shame, isn't it? But um, yeah, there's plenty of things, you know, not great about British people at the moment, but there's plenty of good things as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it's, um, let's be positive about it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'm all, I'll always be positive about British people because it's the bread and butter, and obviously that's mm. I've known for my life. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, going back to your yeah. career, we can st- we can stay in politics all night. I know we could, it's sort of <laughs> that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. But um, you after your after you left Coventry in '09, you went along to Ipswich for a couple of seasons. Um, yeah. So, so how was that for yourself? Was that a good move? Nah, shit. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah, it didn't work out for me. I um, got a great relationship with Chris Louis. Always have had. Um, I think the world of Jeremy Doncaster. He was there involved. Or you know, he's machine examiner, but he was always yeah. about. And I felt like being kind of local to Ipswich, and I'd always done well there as an away rider. I felt like it would suit me. Uh, mm. You know, and I decided to leave Coventry just because um, I was. I think it was mainly due to I wanted to have I wanted to have Friday off so I could mm. fly to Poland on a Saturday um, and not because my, my, I was get it was sort of every week was like Coventry Friday fly to Poland Saturday and then and then race on you know Sunday back home Monday and I just wanted to change my sort of calendar a little bit mm. I wanted to cut down on the traveling uh, by just going to Ipswich it's only sort of forty five miles from me um, but it didn't work out. Um, Never felt comfortable there. They changed the track the year I went. They yeah. they moved the centre green in, and um, I didn't like that. They also changed the material. It used to be super grippy, which I always loved. You know, for me, the grippier track, the better. Um, uh, I was always very, you know, I relied heavily on gating. So if there was a nice big dirt line, <laughs> then you could just, I could park myself in that and go as slow as I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, if just got rid of that kind of dirt, they kind of had a very they used to have yeah it was just a lot more heavy and it changed mm. it um never really got on with the track never felt comfortable in and around the stadium okay i don't yeah. know it's weird i just had a just didn't have a very good feeling about the place mm. like i just i'd gone from coventry which is, was a nice stadium and uh uh i don't know it just felt a bit more of a welcoming atmosphere really mm. so i went to ipswich and I, i'm i'm sure it is to some people but for me i just never really felt like home um just got bad memories of that place mm. really um and it's funny how they go they come back now when i go when i go there now to watch and i and like, like i said i get on great with the staff there you know i go and have a cup of tea and speak to the track staff and get on great with them but i just i don't know i just just brings back bad memories i struggled there but again i was going through a sort of a another sort of change in my sort of personal life at the time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I, it was a year after I'd lost my mum as well. Mm. Um, maybe that was kicking in at the time. I don't know. It was a few, few different things going on. Um, and it just didn't work for me. I just, but I, I, I had, I'd, I'd certainly lost my focus a little bit. I had a bad year that year. I had a shit yeah. year. Um, I didn't even have a good year in Poland. I know mm. there, I had a pretty shit year. So, so yeah, it was, um, yeah, one of those yeah. ones. Yeah, I maybe should have. 
I probably should have just stuck at Coventry, really. Um, but but yeah, I, I had a, had a, I had a bad time at Ipswich, and then I had to kind of build myself up again, really. Mm. So. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, like what you just said, it's probably just a bunch of whole different things, mainly in your personal life that just were mm. were the things that just held you back at Ipswich. But then again, it could be something stupid also that it's a local track. You know, it could have had something to do with that as well. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, so I've, I've thought about that. And I, to be honest, I've, Kings Lynn's the local track to me. That's the closer yeah. one. And that's the one that more of my friends, you know, I've got a lot of friends go to Kings Lynn. Um, so that would be the local one for me. Mm. Ipswich... I don't know what it was. Just it just didn't work for me. Um, but you know, it's, it's no one's no one's fault but my own. You know, I remember times thinking, I need to. Sp- I really need to spend some time here practicing after the meeting. But I couldn't. I couldn't be bothered. I wanted yeah. to go home. I just wanted to get out of there. Which was, you know, if you've got that attitude, then then you're going to fail. I think you know you've got you got to work through your problems. It's the only only way out of mm-hmm. you know. It's the only way to dig yourself out of a hole. You work out of it. You don't. You don't just get out of it. So, um, and, and I didn't end a story, really. That's, yeah, that's yeah. That, so. Just fair enough. And again, it's nice that you're, you're open and honest about it more than anything, because I'm sure a lot of people will be interested to know that sort of thing, you know, in, yeah. in, in, the, in the real, real big, uh, bigger picture, really. But after those uh, sort of bad times at Ipswich, you went back to Coventry, you know, for another mm-hmm. season. Um, yeah. Did, did it feel good to go back to Coventry and just like, pick yourself back up again? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed my time back there. I was pleased to go back again. Really professional club, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah, looked after really well by the promotion. So yeah, enjoyed that. Um, I think it was then around sort of then after that, then I started to do a bit more Premier League, um, mm-hmm. and I was kind of the, the fixture list in England in the Elite League had started to dwindle. Yeah, it, it wasn't as busy as it was, and I was I don't think I was racing in Sweden anymore, so I was quite happy to do. Poland and Premier League in England mm. and that gave me enough meetings to to earn okay money and and um yeah but be sort of happy with that so so yeah I, I think I then went to I don't know where'd I go went to Rye oh, no, House I went to Kings Lynn didn't I, I went to uh, Rye yeah. House yeah I did a year at Kings Lynn in, in, in the Elite League or no Premier League and yeah, yeah. in the Elite League yeah I'm sure yeah, I did. You did yeah 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 um yeah um and then and yeah I did Elite League and uh, at Kings Lynn and and then Peterborough the following mm. year, um, yeah. and they were okay. And then I went to, yeah, then I went to Rye House. Yeah, yeah, um, which was, uh, I, 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 it didn't go as planned to be honest. I mean, I won the Premier League Riders, which was great. Mm. I won two big meetings in Germany the week before, which was great as well. Um, but other than that, it wasn't a great year. I, mm. I, um, I, so I had this kind of agreement with Len Silva, who I always got really well with. He'd, he'd really looked after my brother. Mm. My brother rode for him for yeah. five or six years and he, he was sort of part of the family there. And um, I'd always, um, I'd, I'd always gone on these, like the Rye House team used to have a winter ski trip. Yes. And, yeah. and, and as, as a rider, you, I mean, those, they were, they were absolute carnage. Those things. <laughs> they were just, you know, you had people like Luke Bowen out there and Chris Neath and, Stevie Boxall and oh Woofy when he was younger and, yeah. and they the my the, the the stories I could tell about those <laughs> those trips. I mean every year it was just someone getting in so much trouble. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah. One one year someone let off pepper spray in a in a bar we were in. This bar was packed. And someone put pepper spray into like the into the um 
like the ventilation. Oh yeah, yeah. So then, like, like we're standing at the bar. Then all of a sudden, it was like it was like oh, everyone was like rubbing their eyes and was like, oh my <laughs> god, you know what's going? And then everyone's like, oh. And then they opened the fire exit and everyone went out. And it was um, it was actually my old mechanic. Oh okay, um, right. Uh, a Spanish guy. Actually, he's Danish. It actually was Danish stroke. It's Finn, you know Finn, you know Finn Thompson. Yeah, I know Finn Thompson. Yeah. Fan. yeah, You know you've heard of Finn Thompson. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It's his son. So his oh, son okay. worked for me for about yeah he worked for me for about three years like full time, but he also worked for Silver Ski in the winter, and that's where uh, I met him actually. I met him yeah. on these ski trips. Knew he was into bikes. He had this winter job with Silver Ski, and then wanted something to do in the summer. So I so I said, well, come and live with me and, and work be a full time mechanic. So he did. Um, so he worked for me in some good years at like, Coventry. Mm. Um, anyway, we, we I mean, he was a loose cannon when he was on the beer and um, <laughs> we were out skiing. He, he put this, he had some pepper spray. I don't know what, where the hell he got that from. And he put it through the vents in this bar. And I mean, it just, just cleared the bar out. Oh, I mean, you, that was like, you, you couldn't breathe and your eyes were stinging. It was awful. Mm. Um, that's just what, one of many good stories from those, those trips. But anyway, coming back to it. Yeah. yeah. And then Silver. <laughs> But I got to know him really well and mm. got to know Hazel really well. And, and Leonard always said to me, because I was elite league at the time, and he said to me, look, when, you, when you've had enough of, of doing that league and you want to mm. slow down or whatever, let me know and, and you can finish your career at Rye House. You know, he, I think mm. he could see me doing five or six years there. And yeah. I, I think I could. I, I knew they paid my brother really well and looked after him or whatever. So I thought, okay, that's, that's what I'll do. Uh, so I, I gave him a ring and said, look, I've, I'm... I don't want to do the elite league anymore. I just want to just do sort of Poland and, and Rye house. Um, mm. he's like, yeah, fine. So we, so we did a deal straight away. Um, I was really, really pleased with that. Um, mm. but I, I never got on with the home track. Never, mm. ne- never, never got on there. Uh, it was just too small for me. Mm. Um, it, I mean, I, I could get around it. I just didn't enjoy it. You know, I yeah. didn't, and, and it was making me sort of not enjoy speedway. So, yeah, which is, uh, from my point of view, a bit, a bit of a surprise because your your style was so upright and sort of mm. in the bike, kind of like a Lee Adams type of style, mm. really. I thought someone like Ray Oshie was. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone, everybody wished if you could, uh, be, you could uh, be someone, be Lee Adams. Yeah. But uh, but um, but your sort of style seemed to sort of like, I, from my point yeah. of view, it looked like it suited it. You know, really yeah. a tight technical track. But then yeah, you like, did, didn't me. I I just I, I never liked that feeling of like backing into a corner. You know, oh, like yeah, really okay, turn yeah. it hard and kind of reversing. Mm. I just never felt comfortable like that um if rye house has had some dirt on it i'd be fine but didn't, you know it's just like concrete every week and did i didn't like it so um len came to me at the end of the year and said to me like he just just pulled me to one side after the meeting last meeting of the year and said look what do you think about next year he said i i don't he said i don't think it's working mm. for you for you and i said no, i think you're right mate I don't think it is. Um, mm. He said, do you want, he said, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah. And we sort of shook hands and that was that. No hard feelings. Mm. He thanked me for winning the Premier League riders because uh, no one had ever won that for him in the club's history. Oh, okay. So, so that was, that was cool. Um, mm. So I got, um, I gave him the race jacket from that and um, to sort of say thanks for the year. Um, mm. So, so yeah, it was, we, we parted on good terms, mm. you know, um, got the utmost respect for the bloke. Um, oh Yeah. So I mean, when we, you know, let's let's face it. Without Len Silver, would be another track down, wouldn't we? Yeah, the, uh, I mean, I mean, what he done, we've done it, done at Kent, you know, since he left Rye House is mm. is brilliant, to be honest. I mean, I I was mm. there, I was there for the the first 
clock behind closed doors meeting and from what it was to what it is now is amazing how far they've come you know because uh, when, yeah. when, when we did that closed behind doors meeting it was like a microcross track mm. it hadn't was settled it? yeah it was a chalk yeah. it was chalk like a chalk base you know yeah. and it, it's a case of it needed a, like a winter to settle in and it hadn't had a winter i think yeah. it had like six weeks of settling in and it just didn't settle in um but yeah, yeah. i mean uh, i spoke to dave mason about it on here as well and he, he can remember that meeting he said he's had like like me hanging yeah. on for dear life you know because he just couldn't yeah, get out yeah. of it I, I, did, I did hear stories about that that first meeting so yeah so yeah but yeah he's, he's done it len's done a great job and thank god he has um because mm. we'll be another one down with me but yeah. yeah um yeah good guy great club great family so yeah um it, just a shame it didn't really work out for me like that no. but um it meant I, I meant I went to Somerset the following year, which yeah. turned out to be a bloody good year. Yeah, a track that suited you, I can imagine, down to the ground, mm. really. Um, fast, got a bit of dirt on it, you know. And like I said, yeah, yeah, you I think, yeah, I think I had about, I think I had eight maximums that year or something. Um, <laughs> Crazy. I, I, had about, I had about four in a row at home. I just, mm. I think, went four weeks without losing a race. So it was, it was, um, yeah, but bloody good there. I really enjoyed it. Good, mm. good family atmosphere you know with the hancocks they were um debbie ran a ran a tight ship and her, mm. her mum and dad owned the land that the track was on and i would stay with them if i was ever down that way and and i still speak to them regularly um lo- lovely family um and what did we win that year fours won the fours, fours yeah. um came second in the league um yeah. so I missed this. I missed the second round of the playoffs. Unfortunately, we beat Edinburgh in the first round at home, and then it was the away leg, and I got a concussion in Poland oh, uh, okay. a few days before. So, so missed the return leg, and we lost. So, mm. I think I maybe our guest at Edinburgh only got three points, whoever that was. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, we, we had a good year. I, I was really pleased to win the fours. Um, I, I like I said, I won the fours before with. Um, Swindon, yeah, Swindon, but, yeah. But we won that at Swindon, and mm. and for me, the fours is Peterborough. Like oh, if you, yeah. you you know, like I I grew up watching it at Peterborough, and you know I've got videos of like Mick Pool winning the fours at Peterborough. I used yeah. to have uh, somewhere, yeah. and um, so for me to go back there with Somerset and and win win the fours, and I think I think I dropped one point that day, um, mm. which is a good effort in the fours because you, you you know you're racing against heat leaders all day long. Mm. Um, so that was that was good. Um, so led the team to that, and we come second in the pairs, which was yeah. again I had a good day there. I think I dropped one point to steady mm. in the pairs at Somerset, but unfortunately um, Nick Morris got excluded in the final. I don't know if you remember that one. I think I do. I might have to find it and watch it back yeah. again to remember it. It, 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 but yeah. it was us against us against Edinburgh in the final, which was mm. Sam Masters and Max Frick. Oh, and, actually, yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah, yeah I think I do remember yeah. that. And yeah, and. and and the, the point scoring was like four, three, two, zero. Yeah, that's it. And on the first bend, it was all first bend bunchy really, but Nick went down. They excluded Nick. So in the rerun that I couldn't win, no. um, you know, unless one of them, something happened to them. And um, it, for me, that, 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 it was bloody, it was classic British Speedway. You, the, mm-hmm. the matches on TV, it's live on TV. You've got a packed crowd because it was the day before Cardiff. And, and the referee excludes someone on a first bend bunching and it, and it effectively ended the meeting. You yeah. know, it, the, the meeting comes, you know, builds up to this crescendo, this final race where exactly. the result will be decided. And the referee fucks it up like that. Like, you know, he, he, for me, if I'd been a ref, 
obviously the right thing to do as a ref is you call it as you see it, but sometimes you've got to think about the bigger picture, yeah. surely. And you think, right, well, you know, for the sake of the sport, I'm going to let them race it out. Mm. But, they, but no. Um, so we'd have won that. If Nick had finished the race, we'd won it. Because I won the race and there's no way Nick would have, there's no way no. Nick wouldn't have come third. No. He, he was riding really well that day. So, um, yeah. I think, cause I think also with uh, some referees, I don't want to say anything but too much, but I think some don't realise the, the wider audience when it's the TV. It's not the people in the stadium that you're robbing. It's people, it's a few, thousand, few hundred thousand people you're robbing. It's not millions of people watching, yeah. watching this one meeting. Of course, it's the highlight of the Premier League calendar with it yeah. being on TV. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. For me, if it's not a, you know, unless it's a sort of, absolutely obvious decision then it's all for back like yeah. in every you know in, in any scenario because you want four riders in the race don't you you don't you don't want three or two or whatever mm. so if you can if you can get away with an all four you do I, I think but um but then you know maybe maybe that's me viewing it from a fan too much but at the end of the day fans are what we're missing isn't it you know exactly so you, you have to view things from their point of view sometimes but. yeah because I, th- I think some of the rules in the rule book are dated are far too dated now mm. um things like they say like the first bend bunch in if you i still think and i think sam malenko picked it up years and years ago saying that um on tv saying that the referee should be allowed just to put awful back in if you can't make a clear decision you know and there's been yeah. so many cases in the more modern day speedway where there's not been any clear decision you know whether the, whether the bloke's been deliberately knocked off or he's accidentally slid off or, or whatever and you can't tell the difference mm. um then you know it's an instant all four back in my opinion you know because there's been yeah been crashes yeah. in the second turn and had all four back um, but that's not the first turn yeah so how can where, where do you yeah. define the first turn you know and things yeah. like that yeah, it's hard isn't it yeah it's hard yeah um yeah but yeah but, yeah it's um well, yeah, sometimes, you, you know, a lot of people have got to look at the bigger picture more often, yeah. haven't they? Um, yeah, exactly. To sort of help the sport, I think. Yeah, totally agree with that, you know. But um, again, we're back on politics again. Come off that. Come off yeah, the politics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. But... Like you say, you could talk all night about it. I mean, pe- people say to me, um, I wouldn't have... yeah, people ask me for the answers to, to, to British Speedway, for example, or World um... Speedway, and... I haven't got them, you know, I, I know there's a problem, but mm. if you said to me, Ollie, right, go and run the, you know, you go and run the BSPA or BSPL mm. as it's called now, I wouldn't know where to start. I, I you know, it's, uh, it, it's so, so hard, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, I'm, I think unfortunately mistakes were made many years ago before mm. any of the people in charge of the BSPA now are, were in charge. Yeah. So, it's not an overnight thing. It's something that happened years ago. And, mm. and you know, yeah. what, what can you do? It, it, I don't even know where to start. No. You know, I, and, and that's not because I'm not, I'm not saying that because there's loads of things wrong. I'm, I'm saying it because I don't fucking know where to start. <laughs> no, like, I, don't, no. I don't know. Like I, I you know, I, I want bigger crowds. Of course I do. I yeah. want to see the top riders back in the UK. Um, but yeah, I, I, I how mean, do you get there? I don't know. Yeah, you can't say where you're going because you could say one thing, Steady could say something else, I could say something else. Mm. You know, everybody, yeah. everyone can see it from a different point of view. But um, yeah, I think, yeah. I think yeah. we might have to do a politics and, and also a special. Oh, oh, bloody hell! That, yeah. yeah, but again, you've got like you've got to respect the people that are running their business. So, for example, mm. you've got like Chris Louis. He, he's on the on you know he's part of the BSPL. Mm. He runs his own club, so he's 
he's got to look out. You know, that's his job. That's his main income. So he's looking out. He's trying to run a business. You know? Oh, he's yeah, yeah, out. I can see that. Yeah. Like, they all are. So it's, mm. um, it's bloody hard. It's hard to tell someone how to run their own business. You know, mm. they, they know it better than we do, you mm. know, currently. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hard, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. But, but um, okay, turn back to, to your own career. Unfortunately, 2014 was going to be your last year in the end because 2015. Mm. Did, you, did, did you start the year and get injured? I can't remember if you did or you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I did about... Did about three meetings for Peterborough. I did I three or four meetings. I'd, I'd signed for Peterborough. Um, did a two-year deal, I think mm-hmm. it was, to, to finish my career at Peterborough, and that was that was the idea. I sort of felt like I'd gone full circle. Mm-hmm. Got on really well with Jed Rathbone and Lisa. Um, yeah. Thought the world of them. Still do. Um, Carl Johnson was team manager. He's a good guy as well. And I was really looking forward to. It. I was really looking forward to that season. Mm-hmm. Um, I had. I didn't have the option to stay at Somerset, uh, which was a surprise because I ended the year as number one and mm-hmm. whatever. And um, but due to averages, it was I think they could get Josh Grzonek on lower average than me. I think he had like a point lower. Yeah. And, and obviously, Josh is I don't know what is he ten years younger than me. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Eight yeah. years younger than me, yeah. so it's a no-brainer really. Mm. And so, you know, no no hard feelings. They, the good thing is with Somerset, they were they were transparent about it. They let me know straight away. They'd look, Ollie, we're going to go with Josh. I was like, yeah, fine. I get it. And, and I do get it. I wasn't bitter. I, I totally, yeah. it wasn't one of those where I'm like, he's fucking on about, you know, I'm better than Josh. Mm. But it, it, it wasn't one of those. It was, you know, I get it. You know, he's younger than me. Um, so I immediately got in contact with Peterborough mm. and said, look, and I think they, they thought I was going to Somerset. So had, I'd maybe lined someone else up. Yeah. Um, and I and I and I called them and said, oh, well, I want to come to Peter, I'm free." And um, they were surprised and immediately sort of got back to me and said, "Yeah, yeah, well, we'll let's do it. Let's sort of deal out," which we did in about um, five minutes, and 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 that was done. I was pleased. They were pleased, um, and I was really looking forward to it. And um, I think third, fourth meeting in, I had a nasty injury. Um, was going around the outside of someone and just ran out of room and yeah. I kind of got off the back of my bike, bike hit the airbag, lifted the airbag up and I went under it. Oh, and yeah. um I went in I went in feet first into the into the air into the wooden fence. Mm-hmm. So I missed the airbag. And that that wooden fence at Peterborough is like they're like scaffolding boards, aren't they? It's yeah, the exactly. Yeah. And immediately knew I'd done something bad to my leg. Um and I I remember laying there. Um, and I just thought it's the first time in my whole career I thought I don't want to get up like I genuinely don't want to get up I don't care how my bike is I don't care what the score is I don't I'm done like yeah. absolutely I'm done um, and I was probably frustrated more than anything like because I worked really hard in the winter to make sure I was you know at a decent weight and um, bikes were good and and but also at that time I was spending, so I think the year before at Somerset, I took over uh, the family engineering business or the management. Okay, yeah. So I was, I was more, I was sort of getting pulled in all directions. I had a couple of kids as well. So mm. was, was getting busy outside of Speedway. So when this injury came, all of that combined made my decision just like, boom, that's done, done. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember laying there thinking, I've never, I've never had a compound fracture, touch wood. Mm. Um, 
and obviously by that I mean the bone sticking out the skin. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought to myself, I thought to myself, I must have one of them because something hurts down there <laughs> more than I've yeah. ever had pain before. So I was thinking, I fucking, I've done that's what I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, I'm laying on the track and they pulled my boot off and and um, I, I was expecting to see a load of blood, nothing there. Guy pulled my sock off, or the doctor pulled my sock off, and I looked down my my leg. And if you imagine, like, um, this is my leg, this is my, my hand is my foot. Yeah. As I looked down my shin, my my foot wasn't there. My foot was, my foot had gone sort of to the side. It, oh, okay, it pulled yeah. up to the side and was level with my ankle. So at the end of my shin, the foot fo- the foot wasn't there. It was to the right. It just popped out. Oh, so right. I was like, I saw that, and I was like, bloody hell! Like that's obviously what the pain is. I've dislocated my foot. Mm. And um, I remember the, and I was in, I was in agony. And I remember, I remember the, um, the doctor said, "Oh, we're gonna, we need to put this back in now." Yeah. And I said, "I was like, don't, don't you fucking dare touch that. You know, don't, <laughs> you're not, you know, don't touch it." Um, and he was like, "No, no, we, we's got to go in now because where, where my, where my foot was on the right hand side of my ankle, mm. uh, so the outside of my, the outside of my ankle, the." the inside of my ankle, the, the skin was pulled that tight that the bone was starting to come through and he could see the bone was starting to put, push through the skin. The yeah. skin was pulled so tight. He said, like, if we don't, if we don't put it in now, that's going to come through there and then you're going to have a massive problem. So like this, it's got to happen now. So um, no, no gas. Uh, I think I had some gas in air, but that was it. And, and they, a couple of paramedics held me down and this doctor just, pulled on my foot and, yeah. and, I, and I could feel I could feel like the the sort of elasticity in my like ligaments I could just mm-hmm. feel the stretch and I, I felt him pulling on it and then he moved it and let it go and it popped back in and it was like instant pain relief I was like I was like, oh my god thank but but when he was doing it um yeah. you know women will tell you that it hurts to give birth <laughs> but I'm, I think this was worse this oh. was yeah, that's, that's something I don't I don't want to say because I'll get punched. So yeah, that that hurt. So and, and uh, but I still didn't change my decision. I went, you mm. know, I, I, my mechanic came and saw me. Um, I had a different. I still had a full time mechanic then. I had a guy called um, Mark from Wolverhampton who was a good yeah. guy, and, and he and I just said to him, "Mate, I, I'm done. Sorry, mm. I'm done." Um, and and that was that. I spent a week in in Peterborough Hospital. Um, had loads of lovely visitors from from Peterborough, Peterborough mm. fans who'd supported my dad and me and, yeah. and, and people over the years. So, so they, yeah, that was, that was nice. And, um, it was, it was quite funny. Actually, I got a, um, when I woke up after the op, um, mm. I was in a room on my own and this yeah. nurse, like the sister on the ward came and saw me and she said, oh, I, I remember your dad racing, you know, and I was <laughs> like, oh, really? And she's, she's like, yeah, she said, I, I recognize your name straight away. So I made sure you got the best room on the ward. So I had a, I had like, a, I had my own room, the TV and all that. And then that, Very she, nice. yeah, she'd sorted that. So, so it was, you know, I'm lucky the old man rode there really. It did me a favor. I got a good hotel, oh, not a hotel. I got a good um, hospital bed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's always, no, it helps if you know someone in this sport. Yeah. It's not yeah. what you know, to you know, Nick. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, mate, it's been great talking to you i, I will want to touch on the poll tech I, uh, we haven't got much mm. time left on on the meeting unfortunately because i yeah, only set it for a couple of hours thinking we've been on a couple yeah. of hours i think we can go on forever <laughs> um, yeah, but, yeah. but i just want to touch on how you got started in poll tech mainly um i know you said okay. earlier that it was because um 
of you not having much help in your in your early days mm. in your career. So what sort of yeah. generated that sort of idea then? Well, well, well. So, so I look back on my career, like as I was riding, I was still riding at the time, and and Poltec, um, Ed Bales, who who owns Poltec, has been a sponsor of mine for a long time, mm. and and, beca- and became a great friend, still is, and um, he, he's. I used, to, I used to kind of vent to him really and say, look, I, I'm sure I could have achieved more if, mm-hmm. if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, you yeah. know, it took me years to learn this. So, uh, and, and by that, I mean, learning how to do your bike properly, how to, cause you know, my, don't get me wrong. And another, and another this is another thing I've learned from Poltec is actually how bloody privileged I was, you know, that my mm-hmm. dad was an ex rider and financially and things like that because my dad knew roughly how to clean a bike because he rode but he rode in the 70s in the 80s and you know it was different then but i had a i had a very good base level of knowledge Mm. thanks to him and from coming from an engineering background so that was a massive help as well i think um but i um yeah i i thought to myself well i i am I could have, if I'd had more help, I, I could have made more progress early doors. Um, another example would be, you know, when I'm doing the world under 21 rounds and things like that, I'd look around the change rooms and you'd see Limbach and Lindgren and, and, yeah. these kind of, and the Davidsons and that, and they, and they were, and the poles, they were, they were lean and they were, they were, they looked fit and they looked, uh, and, and the English guys didn't, um, but we didn't know any different. No, and, exactly. and no one told us, you know, and, and unless you had a, a senior rider helping you and it had to be a senior that was a proper pro not a you know um you know someone who wasn't um, yeah then, then you wouldn't know that kind of stuff you know you know what kind of training do you need to do is, does it pay to be light does it you know um I, I know all that now and but i'd look around the change rooms and i sort of think well i don't look like they do um yeah i was lucky in my early years i mean i i, I was a I was a very good swimmer as a kid. I was a sort of county level one and national standard swimmer. Mm. So I had a good sort of base level of fitness, but I wasn't, I wasn't sort of lean like those guys and, and weight's important in, in yeah. speedway. And, and I don't think it's just the weight, the weight. I think it's a psychological thing. I think if you, if you look good and you feel good and that helps and other guys see you in the changing rooms and it's a little mental edge you get on people before you've even started. Anyway, getting sidetracked. <laughs> these, these are these are areas where I, I felt like mechanically, physically, mentally. Mm. These are areas where uh, the British weren't getting any help. Not the British, you know. It's it's no one's fault in particular, but we just didn't have that that sort of thing in place. Mm. So, and I used to say that to the guy from Poltec. And what Poltec is is as a company is they're a, a training provider. So okay. adult education in all sorts of things. So they do. Um, you know, management qualifications and IT qualifications and it's a college really uh, mm. and they do engineering and they do uh, butchery I don't know all sorts of things <laughs> they're yeah. branched out into everything you know yeah. that's the kind of stuff they do um, and, and, and Ed the guy the owner said to me look I think I, I you know the British Speedway aren't going to fund it so I think we can draw some funding in from the government by making it a recognised qualification mm-hmm. you'll, you'll help me write this qualification and we We'll make it a qualification. We'll draw funding in from it, and that will pay for you know us to train young riders. So that's where the idea came from. Um, and and Ed said to me, "Look, you're going to have to get your teaching qualifications so that you you know you can legit deliver this program." Um, so that's what I went off and did. Um, and it's kind of like a 
it's sort of a business studies type thing mm. really and it, and it covers all the aspects of, of speedway that you would need so it but, but what it does is it draw it draws units from from other qualifications so the idea is that you know you you look on your cv and you might think well you've done a speedway qualification what the hell's that but actually it covers a little bit of business admin because mm. it we teach the guys how to do their accounts and look after their books and and we and and then it covers there's some engineering units in there so we teach the guys how to use a lathe and a mill and things like that in case they want to, you know, modify their own bikes. And, mm-hmm. um, and then it's, you know, a bit of fitness, a bit of nutrition, and it kind of covers everything, social media, how to handle your social media. Yeah. Um, so, and, and it's for kids that after six, after they've left high school, um, they have to, they have to stay in education now until they're 18. So it kind of fits that. So, guys go to high school and then, then come to Poltec and they can, and what they can do and what I recommend is that they do a, they do an engineering qualification alongside mm. it. So they do like an NBQ in, in engineering. Yeah. So it's like them going to college basically. Um, and, and what, what, a, what a brilliant thing for the lads to have on their, their CV, because mm. let's face it, quite a percentage of the riders that I, I teach by, by their mid twenties are probably going to be looking for a job. Mm. And, and, but so at least they've got something on their CV to say what they've been doing, you know, like you've got a qualification in something like yeah. engineering, you've done your speedway stuff. Um, and that way we give them the knowledge they need to know, you know, to, to go on and, and try and be the best rider they can be, but it's also setting them up a little bit for later in life. Mm. Um, so it's, it's a great idea. Um, and we've, we've had some, we've had some great kids on it and we've got some great ones on there at the moment, you know, people like Connor mountain and James Shane's people yeah. like that. They've been through and, and learned a lot. And, um, and then you've got, you know, now we've got Drew Kemp, Tom Brennan, Jordan Palin's just joined Harry McGurk, um, Joe Thompson, Dan mm-hmm. Thompson. Um, there's the Anders Rose there at the moment. Um, it is, it's a great, great little program. They, they come once a month for a few days. Stay, we, we put them up in a hotel, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of eat, eat, drink, and sleep speedway for a few days, and off they go again. Um, and obviously, we do track days as well. Yeah, you know, we eat once a month. We do the track days, weather permitting. So, mm. unfortunately, COVID's ruined all of that for the moment. And, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, great, you know, great for British Speedway, and and also that gave me the, my sort of foot in the door for doing uh, the Grand Prix academies. Yeah. So I, you know, I was approached through Poltech. I was approached by the, by the Grand Prix organisers to do those, which were a great success as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, got, got got some young English kids. Well, and we did them in Sweden and Denmark as well. Mm-hmm. But got got some young kids the chance to ride on temporary tracks, which is great. You know, you yeah. you know Tom Brennan, people like that. They were riding around Cardiff, you know, mm-hmm. when they were fourteen, which is you know, that's unreal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, and then that led to the England job. So mm-hmm. it's you know, I, would I have got the England job if the Poltec thing existed? But probably not because I might have I might have turned my back on Speedway by now. I don't think I yeah. would have, but. Uh, I could have, um, mm. but it's kept me involved. Um, and, you know, it's, it's got me a really good rapport as well with the young ones. So, uh, you know, obviously Neil does a great job with the under 21s, but it's also given me a great insight into the likes of Drew Kemp, Dan Jilks, these kind of guys that are now in the, the England squad, the yeah. Great Britain squad. So, so I know those boys well because they've spent time with me and um, I know sort of how professional they are. Mm. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, I wish I had that on my CV. Well, you know, to start with, you know, well, I mean, I, mean I, I look at it and I say to st- like, ste- I'm waiting for Steady to come down and have a look at it actually because he, mm. he's, he's pretty keen to do so. Mm. But I would have been all over that. And David oh, Howe yeah. could, could have said to me, David Howe and Steady at, at 16, do you want to go to sort of a, 
a college and learn about speedway and a bit of engineering for a few days a month you know you get to do a track day as well uh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'll go you know i'll go and stay with my mates for for three nights a month you know and stay in a hotel away from your parents i mean perfect perfect it teaches those kids to grow up as well exactly. because you know as they of course they have a good time and they mess about whatever they do in the evenings but they they have to behave because they're in a hotel and they'll get kicked out if they don't and that's again but that's part of being a speedway rider isn't it exactly you, know, you, can't, yeah. you can't travel around europe being a dick you know otherwise <laughs> you won't you, you won't get very far with you so it's, it's teaching them a lot of things life skills as well exactly mate and i mean again it all helps and it makes the bigger picture even bigger mm, mm, but um yeah. unfortunately we've got to come to the end of this one this interview tonight yeah. i mean it's been oh mate i knew it was gonna be a good one but it's better than what i thought it was gonna be tonight it was brilliant <laughs> but um yeah no, i've really enjoyed it mate if you if you if you want to do another one that's fine we can um yeah it's it's, it's been good mate we like to say we could talk for ages can we Oh, man. I mean, I think the next time I make sure it's like at least three hours long, four hours long, these meetings. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe next time if we do another one, we can get steady involved and have both of you on to get both yeah, of your sides. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be a good laugh. Yeah, we've got that'd some good. good stories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I have... I have, and I will put it on the record. I have tried to contact Steady, but he hasn't responded to me. Um, <laughs> but, um, Good luck with that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But Ollie, cheers for your I'll time, mate. Him in. Yeah, that's All it. Right, mate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, cheers. Cheers, that, mate. Well, anyone, everyone, I must say, if you want to watch this again, again, log on to YouTube, listen to it on Spotify, uh, share us, like us, join the group. You know, I've got a few ideas in mind for the during the season if the season gets going. So hopefully, when we get going, have some more content. You know, and then go from there. But cheers, Ollie. Thanks for your for your help tonight, and thanks for the stories. Cheers. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, no worries. Thanks a lot. <laughs>